This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 128. Have your own back. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Hi there, beautiful, unstoppable woman. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about how to have your own back. You may ask yourself, what does that really mean? It means to show up for yourself. If you say you're going to do something, you show up and get it done. So many times with clients or just everyday people I meet in my life, they say they want to do these things and then they don't. They get frustrated with themselves and they get mad with themselves and probably even secretly they get sad about it of why can't I make something I want happen done? And if they hire me to work with them, I start to teach them how to have their own back in essence. And so today I'm going to teach you how to do that too. We're going to talk about some tough love if you have a certain accountability style and all the things. So I'm excited to give you this episode today. It's actually been one that's been highly requested by many of my clients for months now. And it's taken me a while to really sit with it and to put together exactly what I want to say today. And so it's here. It's like due date right here upon me and I'm ready to birth this baby into the world. So I'm so excited for that because again, for a long time, it's been like, oh, I know I need to record this episode, but it just doesn't feel right. Now, if I sound a little funky, I've actually been traveling. I was in Mexico in the last episode you heard. The one before that, I was having some tech issues, so I recorded from my phone in my closet. Today, I'm recording again from my phone, but I'm recording in Missouri. I'm actually at my in-laws house. And you may be thinking, gosh, Lindsay, you're just all over the place. And to that, I say, baby, I am living the effing dream. (laughs) Oh my gosh, 2020 and part of 2021 was a lot of, you know, focused hard work to get my business to a place that it's at today and to have a then two-year-old on my hip most of the time. And now I'm at a place where my business is in a whole different level than it was a year and a half ago when this pandemic started in March 2020. Now I'm recording this in August 2021. And my kids are going to be back in school, fingers crossed, full time. And I'm like, oh, I did it. I made it. And the past few weeks has really just been celebrating that with my husband, especially we were in Mexico, as I said, and we took some time, just the two of us. And I must say it started off a little bit rough. The past few weeks have just been rough for us as a couple because we did. We had our head down for most of the year and we're just trying to survive, keep our you know forward momentum going with work while having our kids and, of course, surviving a global pandemic. So here we are. And hopefully we stay out of a global pandemic for the most part, you know, depending on the news that you watch, it just seems like 
we're getting back into it or we're not or who knows. But in my mind, the global pandemic is ending and I am just keeping my mindset there as much as possible, even if at times I'm like, oh my God, are we going back into March 2020 again? But today we're talking about accountability, right? And having your own back. I can't wait to share this with you. Okay, so first off, the first thing that I want you to do, if you have never figured out what your accountability style is, I'm gonna leave a link in the show notes for you to go take a short, it's five minute or less quiz, and it's free to take, and it's from Gretchen Rubin, and her quiz is testing, in essence, your accountability style, okay? She calls it the four tendencies. And so regardless if you go and take that quiz or not, but I hope you do just so you can officially find what your accountability style is, I'm going to explain the four different styles for you very briefly because you may already just know by me describing them which one you are, okay? Because the reason why you want to know your accountability style is to understand how you work best. You know, so many people just think, oh, well, I just can't get done what I meant to do. And so they start to develop the story about themselves that you know, they don't have their own back in essence. Like I'm a failure. I don't, you know, follow through with things. I'm flaky or I'm just too rebellious to get what I want or, you know, all the things. Right. And the reality is, is like, you just made up these stories in your head about your accountability style that you didn't really know existed. And if you just knew that it existed and what it was, you would know how to work with it better to get exactly what you want out of life, no matter what accountability style you have. Okay. So let's cover those four. The first is upholder. And the upholder accountability style means that if I tell you to do something, you're going to do it. If you tell yourself you're going to do something, you're going to do it. So you're just those people who are tend to be known as like, you know, especially in the school world of like, maybe even the goody two shoes or the people who are just high achievers, they're rock stars, they just In essence, you know, if we think about having your own back, they have their own back and they have everybody else's in the process, right? And so again, they tend to be viewed as like this crowning jewel, especially in the school system of like everybody be like these people, you know, especially when we're kids, parents are like, you know, say what I, you know, do what I say kind of thing. And these are the kids that do it. And they're like, oh, I'm so proud of you, little Susie. You do what you say you're going to do and you follow my directions as well. And so, you know, the the plus of that is obviously they achieve a lot, they get a lot done, they tend to be highly valued in certain circles, but the downfall of that one is they can lose themselves in the process because think about it, if I'm telling you what to do and you may not even question that, you may doing a, be doing a bunch of things that you don't even want to be doing, right? And so for my clients who have this accountability style of upholder, my work with them is to really help them understand what it is that they want and to shed those people-pleasing tendencies. Now, I'm not trying to take away their upholder because according to Gretchen, who came up with these, you can't really change your accountability style. I think you could with some mindset work potentially is my theory about it, but I'm not trying to change that in them. I'm just really wanting them to get intentional with their lives and get intentional with the things they're saying yes to. So if we're looking at an upholder via another assessment called the Clifton Strengths, formerly known as Strengths Finder, these people tend to have responsibility high. And so 
people with responsibility, they're saying yes to things without even considering most times if they really want to say yes to those things. And then once they say yes, they feel obligated to finish whatever they said yes to. And so many times then they can get secretly resentful. They can get overwhelmed because they have too much on their plates and they can just create a lot of stress for themselves that's not really needed. Okay. So that's the big thing with upholder is they get stuff done no doubt, but they need to make sure they understand who they are. They have to shed that people-pleasing tendency and be okay with saying no to things and to really make sure they're only saying yes to things that they want to accomplish because they don't want to live a life of doing all this stuff for other people. And then at the end of their life's journey, be like, oh shit, I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do. I was too busy doing everything for everybody else. Now, granted, again, they do show up for themselves, right? So if they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. But what I've seen with a lot of upholders, they have so many external responsibilities they've said yes to that, you know, their internal responsibilities or their internal desires, in essence, they put very, very low on the list. Okay, so that's upholder. I tend to not have too many upholders, believe it or not, in my coaching practice. The next accountability style called a questioner is one that I see often, and I'm actually a questioner myself. And so questioners, they will, in essence, if I say that I'm going to do something, they will get it. Like, I will do it. So if I say, okay, I'm going to work out five times a week, you better believe I will likely get that done. It's probably like an 80, 90% chance that I'm going to follow through on goals that I set for myself. Now, if you set a goal for me, I'm going to question the heck out of that goal or any task that you give me. I'm going to question that thing over and over and over and over and over again to the point of almost like annoyance to when I can finally understand it and get my brain on board with it. That's when I'll get it done. And so a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like questioner is the best one to be, right? Because they question external, you know, circumstances, I guess, or external pressures but then they show up for themselves. And I will say as a questioner, I really, (laughs) the grass is always greener, okay? Because yes, I show up for myself most of the time. And yes, I'm going to question external, you know, pressures on me or responsibilities, whatever you want to call it. But I will say this has actually hindered my growth a lot of times. And it does cause problems for me, especially personally, because I do question the hell out of everything. And so if somebody teaches me something, I'm not going to be somebody who's likely going to be like, yes, I'll do exactly what you've told me to do. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to research it. I'm going to ask a ton of questions. I'm not going to be on board with it for a really long time. I'm likely going to be rebellious about it to then a point where it may cause problems between me and that person. And then at some point, I'll be like, okay, why am I not doing this thing that they're telling me to do? Okay, so I'll give you an example in my professional life and my personal life so you can fully understand what this looks like. So in my personal life, it'll be something my husband tells me that he wants done. For a while, it was like, hey, can you do the dishes in the middle of the day, especially during the pandemic when we had the kids at home? And I'd be like, yes, 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 I will do the dishes during the day, okay? Now, it may have not been like an enthusiastic yes, but he would have given me some reasons and I would have been like, okay, yeah, okay, you know, I see that you want me to do the dishes during the day. And sometimes this is where my people pleasing comes out. I'll say yes, but inside there's still this cringe of like, no, I'm not fully on board with that yet. And I'm trying to get fully on board with it because I just want to move past the problem and get over 
you know, this, in essence, discussion him and I are having, and I don't want to turn it into an argument, but inside internally, I'm like, I still don't really quite understand why you want me to do the dishes during the day. Like, I don't really see the purpose in it. I just think we can all do them all at night, you know, and, and, (laughs) and it takes a lot of mind work on my end, in essence, too, of like, understanding what questions I need to ask. Because at first, it's just this kind of gut feeling of, oh, no, I don't want to do this thing you're telling me to do. And so again, many times for me, I'll be like, okay, yes, I I think I'm on board. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And then what happens is I don't really do it. And I don't really do it. And I don't really do it. I'll do it some days. I won't do it other days. In this case, the dishes. And then it caused problems for me in my marriage of like, why are you being disrespectful? You said you were going to do this and you're not. Then he creates his own whole story about it, right? And then for me, it's like, I start to then gain more awareness and understanding of the questions that I need to ask so that I can fully get on board with it. And in his mind, he's like, but I thought you were on board with this, right? And so he's like, why are you bringing this back up? Why are you rehashing this when I thought we're moving forward? You see where I'm getting at with this? Like it can cause some problems. Now in my professional life, say for example, I work with a coach or I'm in a program and they're like, if you just do X, Y, Z steps, you'll create ABC. The, the biggest example I can think of this is the first time I was ever getting coached by my coach. This was now, gosh, eight, nine years ago. And she wanted me to start doing mantras. And again, that little people pleasing tendency in me was like, okay, okay, I think I understand. I'll, I'll go do them. And I just wasn't doing them. And I wasn't doing them. And I wasn't doing them. And it was to a point where it was hindering my growth in the program and in the process. And again, it like really took courage from me and an understanding and awareness from me to be like, why am I not doing these mantras? Why is this not something that I can get on board with? And so I had to then spend the time to really do the research and the understanding to get my whole body and brain on board with doing mantras. Because at first I thought mantras, if you don't know what mantras are, it's like saying positive things to yourself. I thought they were really stupid. And I was like, I'm not going to sit around and say this stuff to myself. Even though logically, I was kind of on board with it of like, okay, yeah, of course, we're going to program in this positive stuff. I could see the science that was presented to me, but I just couldn't fully get on board with it. And so again, it's like I created all this extra work for myself, created hindrance in my progression. So it's, I spent more time having to get myself on board to go do something. Okay, so you see, those of you that are non-questioners, there's still some, some setbacks with questioners is like they question the hell out of everything. When I have a question or client, I can't say it, question or client. It's the same thing. It's like, they'll kind of say they wanted to do something, but I can see in them when they really don't because I can, I know that within myself. And so then we have to really coach on something in depth. Like I have a client right now who's like this. She wants to continually ask me for time saving tactics so she can get more done every day. And I keep pushing back on her and I'm like, no, I'm not teaching you these tactics. And she's like, why? I'm like, because you have all these shitty thoughts about time. You don't think you have enough time. You think that you have to do all of this stuff. And that's what the problem is. It's not your time-saving tactics. It's your thoughts about time. And she's just like pushing back, pushing back, pushing back on me. And I'm like, nope, nope. And so then I push back on her. And so again, it creates some tension in our relationship and a little bit of turmoil. And I see her not progressing as quickly as I would like because her questioner brain just cannot get on board with the coaching I'm trying to give her. Because 
that's partly why she hired me too, right? It's like, I see 10 steps ahead of where she's at right now that she can't quite see yet. But instead of her just trusting me, trusting the process, she's questioning the hell out of everything, which is fine. I get it totally, right? But you can see that that can be a problem for questioners. All right, now the next accountability style is this is by far what I see the most in my clients and that's obliger. So if I tell an obliger to go do something, they are gonna go do it. But if an obliger decides they wanna do something for themselves, they're likely not going to do it unless they have external accountability, okay? So the best example I can give here is one that actually Gretchen had in her Four Tendencies book where she talks all about these tendencies. It's a great read, by the way, it's super easy. And she talks about a friend she had, I believe, just casually, she went and met one day for lunch who inspired this whole Four Tendencies you know, discovery within her. Her friend said, you know, when I was in college, I was on this running team and I showed up every day and I'd go run, but now I want to run, but I just can't show up for myself. And Gretchen being the upholder, because remember upholders do what they say they're going to do and they do what other people tell them to do. Gretchen was like, what are you talking about? Like, why is this so hard for you? And it started all this research into these tendencies, right? And so, you know, this is what I see with a lot of my clients. They're like, oh, I keep saying I want to go do this stuff, but I'm not getting it done. And so then they hire me to come in there. And one of the biggest things they say is, oh, I just want the accountability to get it done. And I'm like, great, I'll give you the accountability, baby, but get ready because I'm going to give you so much more than that. (laughs) And so it happens as they start to learn not only their accountability style, but many other things with me, they tend to keep going back to this accountability style of, but Lindsay, I'm always going to need external accountability. And I I feel needy and I feel weak and I don't like this about myself. I want to be one of the other tendencies. And so we're going to spend some time today in a bit talking more about this and how obligers can start to shift their mindset with this. Because it, you know, a lot of times they just fall into like, in essence, this is going to seem dramatic, but in essence, victimhood of like, oh, no, I'm an obliger. I'm just not going to ever show up for myself. And that is not the correct mindset to have here. Okay, so that's an obliger. The last and fourth tendency is called the rebel. So the rebel is not going to do what I tell them to do. And they're not going to do what they tell themselves to do. I have had some rebels as clients. And I will tell you, when I first started testing the four tendencies in clients, I had a rebel come in. She was not successful at all. She's actually a a beta client that I had at the time. And so she didn't pay me any money or anything. I was really trying to test something with her. I didn't know she was a rebel. But when she came in and I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, we're really going to test some things. And she was just not able to sustain her, um, her progress in the coaching progress or the coaching system. And so it freaked me out a little bit, I will say about rebels of like, holy shit, like, can I coach rebels? And then I've had some rebels in the past year and they've been effing rock stars, like amazing, amazing clients. And yeah, they have just really learned to have their own back. They've learned to get on board with when other people tell them to do stuff. And I have to say, I think it really goes back for a lot of them of getting coached. And yeah, there's just so many things I want to talk about there. So I want to go deeper into that in a minute. So you may be a rebel too. I know my ex-husband is definitely a rebel. He doesn't like anyone to tell him what to do. He doesn't follow anything he tells himself to do. 
And so it can be tricky at times. Rebels can be known of like being, you know, the bad boy, the bad girl, especially in the school system of like, oh, these are the troubled kids and all of that. And I will tell you, you know, even with my clients, like I freaking love them. (laughs) They're so freaking fun. So that can be another accountability style. Like it's a bad rap, but it's, it's amazing. All right. So those are the four different styles. Again, go take the quiz. There will be a link in the show notes of how to go take it. It's free. It just takes a couple minutes. If you want to dig deeper into the four tendencies too, you can buy Gretchen's book called The Four Tendencies. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. All right. So let's talk about how to have your own back regardless of whatever accountability style you have. And the big one I said I want to touch on is that obliger, the one that typically needs external accountability to get things done that they want to do internally for themselves. Okay. So internally, meaning like they set a personal goal for themselves, or they have a work goal that's outside of work, or they want to be an entrepreneur, right? And they're not going to have a boss anymore. How can they show up for themselves and make their goals and dreams happen? And not get into this whole pool of victimhood or just feeling like, you know, they got shortchanged because they are an obliger. And I will say it's just little mindset shifts, okay? Instead of seeing the glass half empty here of, oh my gosh, I'm an obliger. Instead being like, great, I'm an obliger. Now I know what I need. How am I going to get what I need done? Okay, so I'm going to say that again, because it sounds so simple, but it's so big. Instead of saying, Oh, no, I'm an obliger, I got short change, shifting it to great, I'm an obliger. Now I know what I need to get what I want done. Okay, so let's imagine you are somebody who's saying, Lindsay, I'm an obliger, and I want to become an entrepreneur. So I'm not going to have a boss anymore. And in the meantime, I'm going to start building my business. And they're already, I'm thinking of a client that I have right now in particular, who's in this boat. (laughs) So this is like a real world example. Already time and time again, she does not show up for herself to hit her entrepreneurship goals. Like she shows up for her work goals or or personal goals she has for her husband. Those things come before anything she's doing for herself. Okay. And that's another big thing with obligers. They put they tend to put other people before themselves, right? And it's not that they necessarily want to, it just is more comfortable for them. It's like, oh, I get the accountability that I need in these areas. Boom, I get it done, right? So how have we started to shift for her to show up for herself? And again, first off, it comes to that mindset shift of instead of just being this woe is me of really falling in love with your obliger, okay? I said earlier, I'm a questioner. And there are times I get very, very frustrated with myself. Like, Lindsay, why can't you just be on board? Why do you have to question the hell out of everything? Why do you have to stir the pot? Why are you so weird and different is even thoughts that come up for me. It's like, just follow the rules. Just say yes or just do the thing that they're telling you to do, right? So I will, I will tell you, I understand what it feels like to not love every aspect of yourself, especially when we're looking at accountability styles. But I realize by me beating myself up, it does not serve me. It does not help me. Okay. Instead, I'm like, listen, I'm a questioner. I'm going to question the hell out of everything. And I'm going to start just explaining to people, like with my husband with the dishes, for example, 
that whole experience really allowed me to see my questioner play out even more to a point of, okay, what do I need to start saying? And what do I need to start feeling within myself to realize when I'm not fully on board with something? And so now I can go to him and say something like, babe, I know you really want me to do the dishes midday, but for whatever reason, I'm just still not on board with this yet. And I know you really want me to help you. And I know it must be so frustrating. And I'm really going to make an effort to do this, but there's just something that is really, oh, I'm just not quite there with this yet. And so I would love for you to continue to allow me to ask questions when I'm able to, in essence, formulate them and be able to communicate them to you because this is just my questioner and that's what I need. Okay. And, you know, hopefully he would say yes. Knowing my husband, it depends on how, how tired he is of how he's going to respond to that. <laughs> but that's just what I know I need to start communicating to other people and holding strong boundaries with them of being like, listen, I know you really want me to do blah, 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 but I'm just not on board yet. Okay. So the way that too, that I coach this with my clients, if I'm thinking about the one who just keeps pushing back on me, telling me she wants me to teach her this, these like time save hacks when really it's her thoughts about time. You know, there are times I do get, I'm getting a little frustrated with her right now. And I catch myself I'm like, Lindsay, this is just her questioner take a deep breath and start to give her tools in essence, or just communicate ways that, that she can communicate her questioner. Because sometimes too, questioners, they can just hit you with a bunch of questions in a way where you start to get defensive, right? Of like, well, why do you do this? And what do you do this? And and that's how emails can be from her at times. She'll send me like 10, 12 questions. She sent me one earlier this week on a week on I'm on vacation. And then, you know, I responded to that email, even though I'm on vacation. And then she sent me a 10 minute voice memo about more questions she had from those questions. And so again, it's like, I have to have boundaries with her and she has to have boundaries with me. And so I have to start communicating to her of like, listen, because sometimes too, with questioners, they can almost ask so many questions in a way that it's like self-sabotaging, right? And sometimes they just need a gentle but firm little like boundary of like, hey, there are no more questions or you're only allowed to ask X, Y, Z more questions. What are the questions you really need to ask right now? And like getting to the cut, like cut it really clear and dry of what is it that you need to know in order to move forward? And that's a perfect question right there, right? What do you need to know in order to move forward? I know we've kind of gone on this tangent with questioners, but questioners and obligers tend to be the biggest ones that I see get kind of stuck. Okay. And so for questioners, again, it's like, start to communicate to people, I'm going to question things and give them the resources of them, you know, having loving and firm boundaries of you of what else is it that you need to know here? Or what, what is it that you need to say? Because questioners too, sometimes they have things that they want to say, but they know it's going to probably come across as rude. So if we go back to the example with my husband and the dishes, what I really wanted to say there is, is this really a thing? Like, I need to know the reasons why of why you want me to do the dishes, or is this just what I consider your OCD habits coming out? And times I kind of dance around that because I know that, you know, it may be a little offensive. (laughs) Let's just call it what it is. Right. And rebels can be like this too, right? Rebels question external pressures or, or external accountability. And so that's why we kind of get a bad rap sometimes. It's like, what is wrong with them? Why can't they just, just, you know, sit down and shut up and do what they're told? It's like, well, we have all these questions, right? And so we need both boundaries for ourselves and boundaries that other people put on us. But really at the end of the day, 
if as long as we feel safe in the spaces that we're in to be able to ask those questions and get those questions answered, man, that's a beautiful place for rebels and questioners. All right. Now, going back to obligers and even rebels, too, who are needing help with that external accountability. As I said, the first thing is really just shift your mindset with it instead of saying, oh, what was me? Instead, it's like, oh, I know what I am now. Here's what I need. Right. And so for a lot of my obliger clients, they will also be like, oh, my gosh, now I'm just going to always have to buy coaching. It's like, no, you can set up different systems for you to have external accountability in a way that's cost effective or free. And so if you start to just first off, just shift your mindset into that place of I know what steps to take to set up an accountability system that works for me, that can be cost effective or free, right? And just starting to repeat that thought over and over and over again to a point where it's at least somewhat believable that you know, or you have the skills to figure out the system that will work for you that's cost effective and free. That's where you're going to start creating the results that you want. You know, if you're, if you're an avid listener of the show, and definitely if you're a client of mine, you know that all your results that you create in your life come from your thoughts. So if you're thinking, again, woe is me, I'm not going to be able to do blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what you're going to continue to create. But if you have this thought of, dang, okay, how am I going to create a system that works best for me, knowing I need external accountability? Bam, great. Start repeating that again and again and again until it's believable. And then before you know it, in as early as 30 days, even if you continue to repeat that thought, you're going to start to create those systems to get that external accountability. So before my one client I mentioned earlier, she's not showing up for the work she wants to do with her business that she's starting to grow. We're just still testing things. You know, what works for her may not work for somebody else. And that's where, again, people want to come to me and be like, Lindsay, just tell me your top 10 tips for obligers. And it's like, I can tell you that stuff. The biggest thing I want to tell you is to look at your freaking mindset with it and to really fall in love with whatever you are. You know, it's so funny because recently I had a live event for a group of my clients and we were celebrating their growth for the year. And each client we did a recap video of. So we started with their consult that we had in order to start the coaching process. And then we had clips throughout the year of them getting coached on their goals. And then we had kind of a recap of, oh, here's where they are now. Look at them. They've rocked their goal, right? And so for one of my clients, the clip that we put in there was specifically how she hates her obliger. And in that coaching clip, I'm like, again, I'm like, how is this serving you? How is it serving you to hate this? And what I got to on that call with her and what I want to share with you here is you got to start to ask yourself, what work do I need to do to fall in love with myself exactly as I am? Okay. So if you're an obliger, rebel, questioner, upholder, whatever you are here in this circumstance, because again, we're just looking at accountability tendency, even though this work can go far beyond what we're talking about today. What work do I need to do to fall deeply in love with myself? And that's really where your work is, my friend. And that's the work we do when we coach together is we start to feel, deal, and heal and let go of all those blocks that are stopping you from not only reaching the goals you want to reach, but from falling freaking in love with yourself so that anytime you're getting any kind of assessment results, if that's even your thing, some people I know don't like assessments and that's totally cool. I think they're really powerful personally, but that's just me is to then be like, okay, what do I need to do here to really love this about myself? Because if I'm sitting here hating it, if I'm sitting here bashing it, or thinking I've gotten shortchanged, then that's not empowering. That's not you owning your power and who you are 
and making it a superpower for you. Okay. So if we then look at my questioner, right? As I said, there are times I have my moments of like, oh, fuck, Lindsay, like just get on board, right? Why do you have to be so weird? Why do you have to ask so many questions? But I, I'll catch myself in that now and I'll be like, whew, okay, some of that's still going on and I'll show grace with myself and I'll show love of like, whew, I know sometimes Lindsay can feel really scary to ask questions and to put yourself out there and it seems like everybody else is on board and you're the only one asking questions, but for whatever reason, this is your journey and what you're meant to go through, you're meant to ask questions and that's okay. And so that kind of calms me down a little bit and then I'll get to a place of how am I using my questioner in my life for good? And how is this helping me? Because right now it might feel really uncomfortable and I really don't like it. But if I look at what I do in the world, I'm asking people questions all the time, right? As a coach, I'm questioning the hell out of all the beliefs that society throws at us to then be able to show my clients of like, hey, you believing X, Y, Z is actually like just a societal thing that you've been taught and you don't even realize it. And so I've been doing all that work just naturally within myself as a questioner to then be able to give that to people so they can continue to improve their lives, right? Of just questioning the hell out of everything in their own lives and in society and all of the above, right? So that's when I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Being a questioner is a really, really great thing, Lindsay. Just love it, own it about yourself, it's great. Now for looking at obligers, right, is like, there are times I, I must admit, I get a little jealous of obligers and upholders too. It's like, oh, they're viewed as like, you know, the quote unquote good kids. And they're so easily loved because they just get done whatever people tell them to do. You know, as I said, my husband's an obliger and I'm in Missouri right now because the past few days he's had a high school reunion for his cross country team. He was a cross country runner in high school. And then he ended up getting a full scholarship to go run in college. So Running was a big deal for him for a long time. And so when we went to this 50th reunion for 50 years that they've had this program, all these people are just like, oh, Jason, he was just such a great guy. And he's still such a great guy. We love him so much. And, you know, it's so funny because if you went to my high school, people would be like, oh, yeah, we love Lindsay so much, but she's a little bit rebellious. (laughs) But sometimes she just really questions the hell out of everything and stirs the pot. And there, you know, again, there's a part of me that's like, oh man, I wish I could just like get on board with things, right? But I go back to my question and I fall in love with that. So I share all that with you because I want you to see is that, you know, I tell this often with my clients, everything in life is 50-50. There may be some things in life that are 80-20, you know, but I don't think it really gets higher than 80%. There's always going to be some sort of percentage of something that's just not as great, Right. Is like, you know, marriage, for example, being married, there's greatness in that, right? Like I know for me in my marriage, I love having a partnership with my husband. I love, you know, that we can lean on each other for support and I always have a partner and everything. But then there are times when it's like, oh man, marriages work. <laughs> like there are days where we just don't get along and don't see eye to eye on things. And I'm like, oh man, this is the other, you know, 50% of marriage, right? And it's the same for anything, including your accountability style of, you know, whatever accountability style that you are, there's, there's 
quote good and there's quote bad of everything. And so what I really want you to just get on board with is to fall deeply in love with whatever one you are. Start there. That's your number one first step is what do I need to do? What's the work I need to do to fall deeply in love with this accountability style? Now you can sit there and be like, man, I really want to change it. I really want to do the work and I don't want to be, you know, whatever accountability style anymore. I want to be this other one. You could do a crap ton of mindset work and really program in some beliefs to change that. And I think you probably could. It's going to feel like a really big uphill battle and it's going to be hard, I think. (laughs) But it's not that it's impossible. You can definitely get it done. But my motto is, is, you know, first off, I'd really want to know your reasons for wanting to change your accountability style. Because again, I think that's coming from a place of there's one that's better than the other one. But I, I really just want to encourage you to just love the one that you are. For whatever reason, you've been given this accountability style. And so own it, love it, and figure out the way it can work best for you and build your life around that. Again, if we're looking at the ones that I see the most, I hate it, it's obligers. And they're just like, oh, I hate that I have to have external accountability. We'll start to think, what can I do? Or I know what I need to do to build systems and processes so that I show up for myself. And in Gretchen's book, she talks about some different ideas for obligers. Like, for example, somebody that wants to get up and run every day, they set some sort of like auto post that will go off on their Facebook account if they don't get up and run. That's like some, you know, I don't know, embarrassing thing about them or something they don't want to post. And so then they have that external accountability. They need to get their butt out of bed, turn off that post and get up and go run, right? So again, that might not be the right tactic for you, but you can figure out what is the right tactic for you as long as you start to have the right mindset about whatever accountability style you are so that you can continue to have your own back. Because when you have your own back, and you show up for yourself, you say you're going to do something, and then you freaking do it. That, my friend, is what allows you to create very, very great momentum in your life and a momentum that feels good to you. Okay, not a momentum of like, you know, hustle mentality, or let's get shit done, or I need to prove myself. It's just say, I say I'm going to do something and I effing do it. And I do it in a way that really works for me and feels good for me. That's what I really want to create in my clients and I work to help them create. I've mentioned often we do this exercise called the puzzle of you and they spend about a month putting together all these different puzzle pieces of them. And then they present to me their puzzle that they've put together. And then I tell them what the patterns are with that because that's my zone of genius. And then from there, it's like, okay, this is how you go and you create things in the world. You're not going to be able to create things like Susie Q over here because she's got a different puzzle. You've got to create things the way that you are built in the world. And that's what's going to allow you to feel really, really good with the action you're taking because you're doing it in a way that works for you. For just, again, looking at accountability style, I'm not going to work the same way an upholder is going to work. An upholder is not going to work the same way a rebel is going to work. And a rebel is not going to work like an obliger and all, you know, all the different connections there, right? And so we've got to make sure we're spending time learning about us because what society tends to give us and just general personal development tends to give us are these cookie cutter different tactics and ways of doing things. And we're not cookie cutter. We're unique and we're different and we're special. Okay. So in essence, my friend, you've got to spend that time just looking at your accountability self first off, falling in love with it, figuring out how it can work 
for you. And of course, if you need my help with this, this is where I coach you from and I will help you fall in love with yourself and create what you want, you know, in a way that's authentically you. And so I encourage you to start the coaching process with me. It starts with filling out an application. You just go to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply, fill out that application. And then from there, we will have a free consult call if I feel like we're a good fit. And we'll spend 60 minutes just talking about you and what goals you want and all the things. And then again, if it feels like a right fit, I'll tell you about coaching and then we'll, we'll start the process from there. So I just want to end on this is, you know, we taught, we titled this episode, have your own back because again, it, it's all about you showing up for yourself. It's all about you having the accountability you need and figuring out how you can get that no matter what accountability style that you have. Okay. Because having your own back, man, again, I know I've said it already on this episode. It is powerful. It's amazing. I've learned this in so many different ways in my life of, you know, being able to set a goal and knowing, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit that goal. It's so exciting and fun. You know, a lot of times with goal setting, people will dread it. They won't enjoy it. But when you set a goal and you're like, yeah, I'm going to make this amount of money or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And knowing that you will actually go and do that. And it may not be in the perfect timetable that you set it, but knowing like, I'm going to go do this thing. Not if I'm going to go do this thing, it's when I'm going to go do this thing or having even a mindset of what I tell my most advanced clients in my living the dream program of, you know, in essence, like it's already done. You're showing up like it's already done a done deal. Man, it just makes life so fun. And that's where you feel good in the process. And this is what I'm always saying on my taglines. I help women accomplish their goals and dreams, own their power in the process while feeling better than ever. This is how it's done right here. Just by looking at your accountability style, you're owning your power of loving whatever accountability style you are. You're going out and you're getting stuff done based off that accountability style and the puzzle of you. And because of that, you feel better than ever. Not that there's not going to be mind drama, not that you're not going to have shitty days and that crappy things aren't going to happen, but you, you know that you're doing things in the most authentic way for you. And you know that you're going to get whatever the hell you want done, done and so much fun. It creates so much fun in life. All right. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you love this episode. I loved recording it for you and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.